Hello, and welcome to the On the Move podcast from Sportsbackers. I'm Pete Woody with Sportsbackers, and we are a nonprofit active living organization based in Richmond, Virginia. Our mission is to get people moving, and this podcast will focus on keeping people active and moving. We put on outdoor endurance events, host training teams year round, and have programs aimed at bringing fitness opportunities to all corners of our area. All this brings us in contact with stories and ideas that are interesting and inspiring, and we'll share them on this podcast. Our guest on this episode is Kevin Tobin. Kevin is an owner, camp director, and youth programs coordinator for Peak Experiences Climbing Gym and Passages Adventure Camp here in Richmond. He also coordinates the bouldering competition for the Dominion Energy River Rock Festival each year, and that attracts some of the top climbing athletes to compete including a few taking part on Team USA in the Tokyo Olympics. So Kevin is a great source for knowledge on all things related to climbing. He'll give us insight into the competitors and the format for the Olympic event ahead of the start of the climbing competition on August 3rd. Kevin Tobin is pretty much the go-to source for climbing knowledge and insight, and we're excited to chat today. So thank you very much for joining us, Kevin. I'm psyched to be here. So I guess, uh, is it fair to say most people know you as Tobin, not Kevin? Yeah, yeah. I just go by Tobin. It's simpler. So when I called you earlier this week, you answered, hello, this is Kevin. I thought this is, the wow, this is like a formal business call if, he, if he's going by Kevin and not Tobin. It threw me off. Yeah, maybe I might have been wearing a suit and tie. <laughs> I don't know about that. So we've got a lot to cover today uh, about climbing uh, in the Olympics uh, here in Richmond, Dominion Energy River Rock, all things Kevin uh, Tobin knows quite a lot about. Sport climbing is in the Olympics for the first time this year. It makes its debut on August 3rd. The U.S. team is made up of four athletes, Nathaniel Coleman, Kyra Condi, Brooke Rabiteau, and Colin Duffy. And Coleman, Condi, and Rabiteau have all competed at Dominion Energy River Rock in the past, so I know, Tobin, you're familiar with them. Before we get into all that and the Olympic competition format, let's do a little background. Tell us about your involvement with peak experiences and how you got into climbing. Well, I was aware that Peak Experiences was being built uh, in Midlothian back in 1998 and uh, got involved in the company while I was still working full-time for the YMCA and uh, was actually come in and just putting climbing holds on the wall kind of at random as the building was being built and then worked as a floor staff person uh, until 2000 and then joined full-time and have been the camp director for passages for the last... uh, about 22 years and in charge of youth programs. And now I'm, I'm one of the owners of Peak. And you mentioned Passages Adventure Camp as part of that. I know that keeps you busy throughout the summer. Tell us what that is and what your role is with that. Well, I'm the director of Passages and it's a uh, high adventure summer camp. So we are rock climbing, rappelling, zip lining, whitewater kayaking, mountain biking, and wilderness survival. So we've got about 185 staff and we'll see about 1,300 campers this summer at day and overnight camps. We're super psyched about this year because I think that it's the first slice of normal for a lot of kids uh, in the past 16 months. And so we see it as our job to make up for uh, a lower quality of life because of uh, the pandemic. And so we're up to that challenge. And the motto has always stuck with me. uh, We make kids tired. Is that still the motto? Yes, uh, we make staff tired, too. And so if the kids aren't falling asleep in the car ride home each day, we feel like we haven't done our job. But we're we're. We're pretty good at that, and parents uh, see the value in that. I'm sure the parents appreciate that. I, I can I can appreciate that myself, having younger kids. Uh, so one other thing uh, you do, one other hat you wear, is you coordinate the bouldering competition 
during the Dominion Energy River Rock Festival. Uh, bouldering is a really popular part of the festival and it's always a crowd favorite. So uh, what makes that competition unique um, in your eyes? What, what makes it such a draw for top athletes to want to take part in? Well, uh, sports backers came to us about a dozen years ago and asked if there was a way that we could somehow bring climbing to River Rock. And as we were kind of watching World Cup climbing competitions, it was where the concept of route setting volumes really took off. And so a volume is a geometric shape that's attached to the climbing wall that adds kind of uh, that, that changes the terrain. And so when we looked at bringing a wall in and then adding volumes to it, it was a quite expensive. So we came up with the idea of what if we had a climbing wall that was just volumes with no climbing wall behind it. And so it forces the athletes to be gymnastic and dynamic as they move from one geometric shape to the other. And so uh, we've been perfecting for the last 10 years, um, the cages uh, at the Boulder Bash. And I think, uh, you know, the, the climbers are 25 feet off the deck above these big pads and uh, there's no ropes but there's a uh, high drama. And so I think that the athletes are drawn to the huge crowds that we see at River Rock. And then they're drawn to the cages themselves, which just look, they look inspiring. And so most people in the crowd don't know that much about climbing, but they can appreciate uh, the fitness and technique and ability and bravery of the athletes as they're moving from volume to volume. Um, it's pretty amazing. You touched on this. Your work with Peak has done a great job of, of creating a climbing community here in Richmond, but a lot of people who are attending the festival and seeing the Boulder Bash, that maybe is their first time seeing it. So it's a, a new experience for them and helps sort of get them interested and, and hooked on, on climbing. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. That's, we have a citizen's bouldering wall that's a very kind of a micro version, and mostly it's little kids that kind of get on it, but it's a, it's a little replica um, of the big you know, cages that we build for the, the pro athletes. And so that's one of the, the great things about, you know, about River Rock as a whole, because it, it makes accessible things that might seem accessible, inaccessible, or, or things that, you know, they've never seen or had uh, an opportunity to do before. So everyone who comes to, you know, River Rock, you know, has a chance to come and put their hands on some climbing holds, and they definitely gain an appreciation of how difficult it is. You say the citizen wall is mostly used for kids and maybe you look at it and think it's smaller. So it's for kids, but once you get on there and I, having done a little bit of bouldering myself in, in the peak gyms, once you get on that wall, you're like, wow, this is, this is tough. This is not just a kid's thing. This is just a tough introduction to the sport. And you appreciate even more what the athletes are capable of doing on the main wall. You know, it's not just the height. It's just not the terrain. It's not just the climbing holds. It's the fact that the athletes, you know, have, uh, they view the climb for only a couple minutes before they have a chance to climb it. So it's one thing to have that strength and ability and technique, but it's another thing to be able to solve that vertical problem in a very short period of time. So the, the clock is ticking. So they're, they're solving the problem as they're climbing. So that gives us a little insight into the next topic, which is the Olympics themselves. And as we said, this is the first time that sport climbing has been included and it's somewhat of a unique format uh, with multiple disciplines in the competition. We've got athletes from 19 countries have qualified. What can you tell us about the format, about the disciplines involved and how that will work during the Olympics? Well, there's three, uh, there's three formats. So one is speed climbing. So speed climbing is on a, a tall wall. The climbers go head to head. They're on auto belays, which kind of, uh, you know, take up the slack as they're climbing up and then lower them uh, when they're done with the climb. And those climbing holds are very specific and they're in a, in a very specific pattern. And so 
the athletes when they're speed climbing have had a chance to practice on the exact terrain and hold. So there's no mystery uh, in that. That's kind of like a, you know, it's a drag race and people will get from the, the bottom to the top in you know, four seconds. Um, and bouldering is, you know, shorter climbs, powerful movement, dynamic movement. Um, and, you know, if they let go of the wall, then it's going to be, they're landing on the mat down below. And then there's a uh, sport climbing, which is they're actually on a rope and they're clipping their rope into the quick draws as they're climbing up. And so, um, I think that climbing community is super psyched. It's in the Olympics. And I can't think of, uh, better ambassadors for the sport to represent the United States than the ones that we have. And they've all won at river rock. Um, and so we haven't seen Colin yet, but we'll hopefully get him sometime soon. But, you know, the thing that's uh, challenging for the climbing community is that sport climbers are very specialized. Boulders are very specialized and speed climbers are very specialized. So if they started the Olympics um, for like for track and field and said, all right, for track and field, you're going to do the shot put um, and you're going to do hurdles uh, and you're going to throw the javelin. You know, if you're a shot putter, those other two disciplines seem pretty far fetched. And maybe mm-hmm. to the lay person, you know, like, oh, it's track and field. Isn't it all the same thing? And it's not, it takes different training and, and, you know, and experience. And so this is going to be, you know, interesting to watch. I think it's going to make for a good show um, because there's going to be athletes who specialize in one thing or another, but not so much, maybe the second thing or the third thing. So there's going to be uh, success and there's going to be failures. And, and that's a, that's a big part of climbing. So as far as the competition goes, the overall male and female winners are determined based on who performs best at all three disciplines. So kind of like you're saying, versatility is going to be key. Yeah. And so imagine like from the winter Olympics, imagine if there was a bobsled um, team and they were going to do, they were going to do the course, but they had only seen it two minutes before they were on it. You know, that would spell kind of disaster. So climbers are accustomed, particularly in sport and, uh, and bouldering of kind of walking up to something quickly ascertaining, you know, kind of the features that they have to work with and then finding a way uh, to solve those uh, problems. So it will definitely be uh, high drama. It sounds like it. And so what you're saying is the athletes, while the other, while the competition's going on, they're not watching the other ones compete, right? They can't view that. So they, so that wouldn't give them any advantage. They have to see it briefly right before they go. Is that right? Yes, there'll be a, there may be like a preview session where they can all walk out. They look at it for just a couple of minutes, then they all go back into isolation and then they all just come out one at a time for bouldering and sport climbing and attempt that route. And they're not allowed to, you know, communicate about it. Their coaches aren't allowed to, to say anything to them. It's really, you know, it's just them in the wall. Very interesting. That's such an interesting aspect of it to me is, is it's you, you versus the wall. So as far as the competition goes, for people who have been to Dominion Energy River Rock, who've seen that climbing competition, what is the same in the Olympics? What aspects are the same and then what's different? What's going to be the same is that, you know, that they're going to have a very limited opportunity to view the climb uh, before they get on it. Uh, They're going to have uh, a very limited amount of time to send the climb. And, you know, our head setter for River Rock for the last number of years is Garrett Gregor. And Garrett is one of the few handful of route setters from around the world who are setting in the Tokyo Olympics. And so what Garrett and the other setters are trying to do is they are trying to create separation between the athletes. And so in, uh, you know, in swimming, what separates the athletes is time. And so in, you know, sport climbing and bouldering, what separates the athletes is going to be how far they make it up the climb. So they've got to be very, very, 
they've got to really know these athletes well and their abilities, and they've got to set up boulders and climbs so that not everyone fails at the exact same point. So if everyone falls at the, on the same climbing hold, then there's no separation between the athletes. But if everyone make it, makes it to the top of every single one, there's also no separation you know, in the athletes. And so a lot of these climbs are progressive where they start at a certain difficulty and they gradually get more and more difficult so that you know, the, the most you know, experienced and passionate and skilled and strong and flexible uh, and creative athletes make it the highest uh, on, you know, on each climb and each boulder. That's a big challenge, it sounds like, for the setters. So tell us how Garrett um, Gregory ended up getting that role and, and what it entails and how he ended up doing this for the Olympics. He got the role because he's amazing. And so uh, to be a setter and to be effective at his level, um, he really has to be familiar with the athletes and their abilities and their, you know, their wingspans and their flexibilities and their strengths and their weaknesses you know, Garrett's been setting for a long time. He's been a coach at Team ABC for a, n- a number of years. And so, you know, he's passionate and he's experienced and he's creative and he's a great big fun person. And so I think that he's uh, a blast to work with. Um, and it's why we've loved having him uh, in Richmond uh, at River Rock each year. And so, you know, he applied for the position and so did lots and lots and lots and lots of other people. But, you know, it's his personality and his experience that, you know, that I think made this opportunity possible for him. That's awesome. Uh, that's a great opportunity for him. And we're glad to have that connection with River Rock. And as far as the other connections go, we mentioned the three athletes, three of the four athletes on the U.S. team who have competed at River Rock before. How much have you interacted with them? What do you recall about their performances over the years? They're just amazing people. And so there's no, uh, you know, professional rock climbers I'm aware of that are making money hand over fists. And so as amazing as they are and the skill and the, you know, and the technique and the experience they are, they're, you know, they're super humble people. They're very accessible to everyone. And so being in front of a crowd where most people don't, aren't really familiar with competitive climbing, um, but feeding off of that, that energy. And so always willing to have a conversation with someone who's got a question uh, sharing their enthusiasm for their sport, sharing their enthusiasm uh, for each other. I, I think Brooke, we, I think we had to change the waiver because Brooke was so young um, to, to allow for her to compete. And when she did, you know, I think Kyra, Brooke, and Nathaniel um, have all won uh, at River Rock. And so, you know, they're just good people. And I love when great things happen to to good people. And so, you know, if River Rock doesn't conflict with their other huge travel plans and competitive plans, it's great to have them in, you know, in Richmond. And we're, you know, we're proud that they made the U.S. team. I agree with that. It's awesome to say that they competed here. It'd be great to have them back. And what I've observed over the years, just from watching the climbing competition there, is just sort of the spirit and camaraderie among the athletes that they generally enjoy competing against each other. Maybe there's rivalries, there's things like that, but they're looking at the wall, they're, they're working together, they're talking about the, the problems, the challenges, they're cheering each other on is a huge thing that I've noticed. So that's been really cool to see. And I would guess that maybe is kind of a staple of the climbing community. Yep. And like, I think in like, a, in a lot of like road running, I think that there's a, there's a little bit more kind of head to head competition. And then you get into like trail running and ultra running where, where there more and more people kind of view it as they're competing against the course. And so I view the, these climbing athletes as exactly that is, you know, they like each other, they respect each other. They don't want to do better at the expense of someone else, but they know that they're competing against 
against the wall and against the climbs. And I was reading a little bit about him yesterday, and it uh, described Nathaniel Coleman as a, he used, said he used his veteran savvy. And then I looked it up, and he's like 24 years old, 25 years old. And Kyra is 26, and Brooke Rabito is 20, I think, and Colin Duffy's 17. So they've been competing at a high level for a while, and it's really amazing what they've accomplished at, at those ages. I don't think it's until you like, uh, you know, every once in a while, I'll just reach up and grab a couple holds at River Rock just as we're kind of setting it up. And I'm just amazed at, at what they can do. They have to be strong and their, their mental game, you know, is off the hook. And so, you know, lots of people watching at one time and you're trying to solve this problem and you don't know if your approach is going to work. And so they can't be afraid to try something and then try something different, then try something different, then try something different. And so the head game is, you know, is super strong too. So how did they earn their spot on the team? What was the qualification process like for the U.S. athletes? They had to compete and uh, achieve a certain level of success in a World Cup climbing competition. And, you know, they certainly didn't do that with ease. I mean, they have been focused on this for, you know, for quite some time. And World Cup climbing competitions are, you know, at the absolute highest level, you know, in the world. And, It'll be awesome to see, you know, how we do, you know, on that stage. And I think that we're all take a little bit pride in knowing that, you know, that their experiences in Richmond and at River Rock are a small part of, of the climbers they are today. On that note, uh, any predictions you have for how the competition will go overall or how the U.S. team uh, will fare? You know, there's um, there's different styles of 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 climbs, you know, there's climbs that just have small holes. There's climbs that have big movements. There's climbs that require you to literally jump from one hold or one volume to another. There's climbs that are really awkward where they put the, the climbers in, you know, in terrible body positions that they got to find their way out. And so I think that the setting is going to be pretty amazing. And I think that hopefully it will reflect the different kind of aspects and strengths and weaknesses that all the climbers have. And so I think that, you know, the climbers that we have are going to shine, you know, everyone's just there to do their best. And I'm confident that, uh, that they'll do exactly that. So the competition at river rock, the wall is outdoors. I believe the, the Olympic wall is outdoors. Is that fairly common across competitions like this, or does it make any difference to the athletes, whether they're indoors or outdoors? I think that if it's outside, then there's, there's things that aren't under control, like, necessarily the sun or the wind or, you know, or humidity or, you know, or rain. And so I think that uh, when it's indoors, there's more kind of known quantities. And when it's outdoors, um, there's you know, an element of kind of climbing outside and, and you're going to have to, everyone's going to have to contend with, you know, whatever the weather is like. Yeah. We've dealt with those elements at River Rock before, as I know you, you remember, and just from the Olympic coverage I've been watching so far, they've been dealing with some rain and some windy conditions too. So that'll be interesting to watch. One final question for you. I'm guessing there's a lot of excitement for climbers and staff at peak uh, with the competition coming up in the Olympics. Have you seen any increased interest or more people taking up the sport since it's now in the Olympics? Or do you anticipate that happening over the next few weeks and months? We definitely anticipate this, the sport is going to continue uh, to grow and grow and grow. And I think that um, when we closed down uh, for a short while during the pandemic, um, I think that uh, absence certainly made the hearts grow fonder. And so, you know, we're super, super psyched to see, um, how many people have returned, uh, to climbing, uh, since the beginning of, uh, the pandemic. And we expect it's going to, you know, continue to grow and, uh, we'll be ready for that growth.
So tell us how people can find Peak online and on social media if they want to check it out. Peakexperiences.com and uh, Peak Experiences for Instagram and Facebook. And there's uh, plenty of information on, on how to get started, uh, but you can also just kind of walk in the door and, and we'll walk you through it. And, you know, one of the cool things about indoor climbing is that, you know, if you've got a family that wants to go on a bike ride and they've got a five-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 16-year-old and mom and dad, you know, on that bike ride, someone's probably going too fast and someone's probably going too slow. But in indoor climbing, everyone can be challenged appropriately. And so we can get, you know, if mom's got the most experienced climbing, she can be on the hard climbs. And then you walk 10 feet to the left and then you're on a climb for a five-year-old that's appropriate to them. So it's a really cool thing to do with people who have varying levels of experience and athleticism so that everyone can really get challenged appropriately. So no one is like bored and no one's in over their head. We've got people that walk in the door and they say, I'm afraid of heights. And we're like, we're glad you're here. This is the best possible place to be. And so we just take it just a little bit at a time. And it's awesome to see people overcome, you know, those fears and get to a point where it just, you know, it's just fun. Many thanks to Kevin Tobin for joining this episode. I hope you enjoyed the discussion and that you're looking forward to cheering on Team USA and all the athletes taking part in the Olympic climbing event. Be sure to check out Peak Experiences online. And if you want to learn more about Dominion Energy River Rock, just go to riverrockrva.com. Thanks again for tuning in to the On The Move podcast from Sportsbackers. Stay tuned for more great episodes coming soon.